This show is not for kids. Just because we have anxiety doesn't mean we have degrees in psychology or counseling. Everything you hear is purely opinion-based. If you are suffering from any chronic mental illnesses, we strongly urge you to seek professional help. And hey, thanks for listening. You laugh at yourself to ease the pain of a life of suffering. Self-deprecating humor is pretty funny, isn't it? But is it really? Hello, and welcome to Anxious Humor. So today our special guest is Tyler. He's also known as the rapper Torchface. So make sure you go check out his new EP that just released last month called Obituary Flex. So now that all the formalities are done, let's go ahead and jump into these questions that we've got for you. We'll go ahead and start with a uh, hard hitting question, I suppose. Are you on any medication uh, for your anxiety uh, yes, uh, I'm daily. I'm on uh boost bar, uh, ten milligrams, uh, twice a day, so twenty altogether. Um, and then I'm also prescribed clonopin, but they gave me like a half a milligram, and I only take like a quarter of that, and that's every like few days, and that's only just whenever I just feel you know overwhelmed. But other than that, that's all I'm on. Yeah, I totally understand the overwhelming feeling because bars and stuff are what would you say the devil bars are the devil <laughs> definitely for sure <laughs> yeah benzos are just terrible uh you know i was on clonopin for a while where i was taking them daily because i was having daily panic attacks and uh somewhat developed a dependency on them like nothing like i don't want to call it like an addiction or like anything like that but it was it was just kind of like a tough situation that I had to get myself out of because I started noticing that my symptoms were getting worse. And I was like, what the hell is the problem? And sure enough, you know, like I started doing a little bit of digging and research because that's the type of person I am. Like I have to know everything about everything if I'm interested in it. And so like, I just started looking into it and all my symptoms lined up with basically the, not necessarily withdrawals, but the like just side effects of like taking clonopin it essentially makes you feel like you're just going completely psychotic. It's and I was taking such a low dose too. That's what scared me as well, and why like I you know tapered down to where I'm at now because I was only taking a quarter of a one milligram, so like 0.25 daily, and that was enough to like build up a dependency on it. And I was like, this this drug's just way too way too potent. And then same same thing with Xanax. I've never taken a Xanax in my life, but you know, obviously I've been offered it, especially being in the underground rap scene, music industry, whatever. Uh, it's everywhere, but I've never taken a Xanax in my life. Just, you know, I like to take what I know will work. I'm terrified of drugs in general. I guess that also comes down to you know, the whole anxiety thing, but yeah. Me too. Like my doctor's been like, here, you can use this to take the edge off. And I tell them I'm not going to take it. Like I have health anxiety and interactions like between medications is one of the big ones. And so like, I'm scared to do drugs. I'm scared to do hard drugs, legal and illegal. (laughs) Yeah. Same. I've never touched anything, uh, that past weed. 
other than what I've been prescribed. It's, I've just never had an attraction to it in general. Growing up, I had drugs and addiction kind of like running my family and I saw what it did to my family and stuff. So like, I didn't want to, I knew I was going to have a family one day and I didn't want to bring that same, you know, stigma onto my family. So that's why as soon as I noticed that I was starting to develop a dependency, because my doctor led me to believe that, you know, like, oh yeah, you can take these like candy. You can't even overdose on them. Like blah, 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 blah. You know, back when they thought benzos weren't a big deal. And then now, now they're like, nah, we don't prescribe those anymore. You got me hooked on them. So what do you mean? Like you, you were the ones telling me that this is completely safe. Now I feel like my panic attacks are worse. I feel like I'm like not even inside my own body, just like a mindless drone pretty much. And I'm not even taking that much. That's why I wanted to nip it in the butt right then and there. And I just tapered on my own. I got them to lower my do dosage, working my way down to a quarter of that. So now whenever I do take it, it's I've gotten to the point now where I just take it like maybe once or twice a week it just depends um but yeah i just wanted to go ahead and nip it in the butt before it got to like where i was needing like one milligram a day or two milligrams a day like my mom she was on two milligrams a day uh that she was prescribed and i was not trying to i was not trying to get to that point yeah my dad's the same way he's well not with Kalan. he used to be on Kalanathan, but he's kind of dependent on xanax um you wouldn't not, say that he's addicted I mean, so much as he's dependent right like his anxiety is so severe and his, um, what do you call it? That phobia. Like agoraphobic? Agoraphobic. Thank you. Yeah. His like agoraphobia yeah. had, had gotten so bad and it just, it, I, I watched it develop over the years. Like he would have panic attacks with me as a young kid and I didn't understand until it developed in me, but I'm getting off on a tangent, but yeah. So <laughs> no, I, I totally understand. Cause it's the same way with my fiance, me and her have the same issues. Uh, for the most part, we relate on a lot of things. So it's nice to like have somebody to lean back on. Cause like mine also kind of comes from my mom's side. I didn't know this until like I started having to deal with it. I, you know, didn't remember her having panic attacks or anything like that, but she has real bad driving anxiety. She hates driving and stuff like that. And then I used to be totally fine with driving and, eventually i just kind of developed a real bad driving anxiety i i'm sure michael's heard it several times that i'm like i oh god i can't i don't see how you even drive from greenville that would just i would be miserable you're just more so like night driving and yeah. driving in bad weather it's hard for when it's raining or it's hard for me to see um especially at night and it's raining it's it's so bad just because I, I don't know where i'm going I can only see so far in front of my face because of my glasses. Yeah, that's that's spot on exactly how it is for nighttime driving and really bad weather, even bad weather like during the day. Like you said, if I can't see that well, I just like it's almost like my vision even starts getting blurry and like my hands start going kind of numb, like up, up, up my forearms and stuff. And like I'm just like really tense. So by the time I get home, my whole body's just like sore. Yeah, I get really sweaty like a pig. <laughs> yeah, my palm, <laughs> my palm, my palms start sweating, and it's just like like I'm ready to just get home and hop in a cold shower to like ease my anxiety as well as like I just feel gross because I'm drenched. I feel that anxiety takes a really big fit, and a lot of people, I guess, don't understand that sometimes, or it's a big misconception that it's all like you know up in the head, but it takes like a real physical toll on your body, especially panic attacks. I remember when I was I used to have panic attacks like really frequently it would um 
it would take me out for the day. Like I would have a really severe one and then I'd be exhausted. I'd be so tired that I would just want to lay around. Oh, yeah. I couldn't get anything done because I would, I just wanted to sleep. My body was exhausted. My adrenaline was gone. I couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can never do anything when I when I have panic attacks. I just get exhausted. I literally just want to like curl up in a ball. Whenever it got to a point where it was, you know, like a daily thing, it definitely like spiked a depression to where I didn't want to do absolutely anything because I was just terrified that it's like it's like you have a panic attack in a certain situation and then you just remember always having a panic attack in that situation. So then it's like you're scared to ever do that again because you don't want it to happen again. But then it's like every little thing you become like scared of and it's like fuck like i can't live with it like i said you know i've had panic attacks while driving so now driving scares the shit out of me i've had panic attacks like walking down the hallway or whatever like and uh like you said it just like completely drains you of like everything and then for me it just made me like super depressed because i was like i feel like i can't do anything i don't want to and now i don't want to do anything i just want to stay home and stay in my safe zone my my haven right and that's where agoraphobia comes in a lot of times with anxiety that's why it's so common it's that vicious cycle man oh yeah yeah i i can't stand going into a walmart i was literally just in that's why i was running a little bit behind for the episode tonight because i had to run to walmart and i accidentally put it off a little too long just because i literally dread going in there every single time because i just get super anxious so many people that's why I like self-checkouts. Yeah, I, I go to self-checkout as much as possible. How do you use humor as a coping mechanism? Pretty, pretty much as simple as that. Like, I just do it. <laughs> and I just do it in a sense of, like, because it makes me feel better about it. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, like, that's how I've done my whole life with any serious situation. I feel like I kind of try and find, you know, humor in it just so that way it can kind of, like, ease the tension of a serious situation you know like like even with my dad passing away at an early age and stuff like it took a while but you know now with the family functions and stuff like that they know that i'm kind of a goofball but i can like make jokes about my dad's passing and it you know be, be tasteful obviously but yeah well, <laughs> well it's kind of <laughs> it's actually tasteful not very fatalism. Tasteful. <laughs> yeah yeah it's like i remember the first joke i said and it wasn't tasteful at all but luckily i <laughs> of it so uh from from the fam but uh but yeah like i just use it to basically cope with it because it just it makes my situation seem like if i start dwelling on it and start researching and all this other stuff and thinking about it too much then it just kind of like freaks me out and makes me scared of it but if i make fun of it and kind of make it into a joke and or like almost like self-loathing humor type deal then it makes me feel better about it and i can just kind of like laugh it off rather than like you know tuck myself under my covers and hide myself in the world yeah no i understand that definitely helps whenever i'm feeling depressed to just do a lot of silly voices (laughs) (laughs) yeah i have a similar thing go to like YouTube and type in four hours of fart noises. <laughs> and I, I don't know why, but I've done that a few times. And it just, I, I feel like if you can't laugh at a fart, then like you've lost all your humanity inside of you. <laughs> yeah, I can agree with that. <laughs> I'm on board for that one. <laughs> farts are funny. Yeah, farts are very funny. <laughs> 
So you're in the uh, Charlotte underground rap. Uh, kind of. Uh, What's that about? <laughs> as far as like Charlotte underground, like I'm just now kind of dipping. I mean, I've been doing music and the like the i came from the local hardcore scene like being in bands and stuff like that so i tried once i transitioned into rap i tried to you know get everybody on board with it and you know at first like people liked it because it was different and you know i was performing with bands and in front of my friends and stuff but then obviously since they're my friends they just kind of brushed it off eventually and wasn't really you know their thing anymore so i was like okay well nobody really cares anymore so I'm just going to, you know, nobody took it serious or anything like that. So I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to do my own thing and I'm going to branch out and network within like the underground scene of the internet of, you know, like Facebook, YouTube, SoundCloud, stuff like that. And that's how I've met all the people that I've met so far is because once I decided to branch out and go the internet route, that's when it started to actually like take off. And then now it's like people are starting what you know the charlotte underground scene is kind of starting to notice that i'm doing stuff and it's kind of like eh, you're you're a little late but whatever you know let's <laughs> damn <laughs> <laughs> well i mean like it's it, it is what it is and it's just one of those hard things that like i tried doing for so long and nobody cared at all but then like even to this day like i can throw a show in charlotte and you know 50 kids will show up and that that's awesome like i'm not complaining that you know about that but it's kind of crazy that i can go across the country in la and host a show and book you know do all the booking all that stuff with my friends and we can bring out 150 plus people to a show you see what i'm saying so it's like but, but I, I also kind of realized that like there's a whole new generation of charlotte underground that I haven't been involved with because I didn't know them or anything like that. And so basically I had a realization that I'm not supporting these guys the way that I want to be supported. So how can I expect them to support me as well? And then that's when I started, you know, trying to go outside of my comfort zone and, you know, going to these local shows and networking with local artists and stuff like that because i felt that like in order for me to get any type of support i should also be showing support because it's kind of unfair to i'm not i'm not a self-centered person so i can't like expect that but not give it back if that makes sense yeah absolutely i totally understand supporting other artists especially if like it's the same it's the same kind of stuff you're you're doing and you're into so supporting others is supporting yourself as well yeah, absolutely. And that that was another thing too cuz with the, you know, the whole anxiety thing and what I've been going through a lot lately. I'm not like I don't think that there's like a doctor diagnosis for this. There is like a term for it, but uh like depersonalization, derealization. I've dealt Holy with that. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I went through a whole like half a year completely depersonalized. Mhm. Mm um and for the long, like I, like it was a consistent thing. Like it, I was bedridden. I couldn't do anything not to interrupt you. I just, I don't meet oh, many no, people yes. who like go through depersonalization to an extent that I did. 
like my yeah because like i try to explain it to people and people like look at me like i'm crazy and i'm like i'm not crazy like it but it's so hard to explain you have to experience it to actually like know what it's like right and I, the best way i can experience it or, or i can explain it to people is like i'm here and i know that i'm here but i can't feel myself like i could like when i was going through it the way i experienced it is i like you know how when you move your arm you can feel your muscles contracting and flexing and all that but i couldn't feel that like i couldn't physically feel myself and i wasn't inside of myself i was in this fishbowl and i was absolutely numb holy shit you were like not only can you relate to it but that's literally the way that i always ex explain it to people too is that like it was like like my vision and or like or what not even my vision but like my my conscience like your, your perception like, of reality yeah, it's like a it's like a fisheye lens almost. Like it's 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 so hard to explain. So it's kind of like the fishbowl effect, and or like and another good thing that I read uh, when I was like looking into it as well uh, that described it was basically like there's like a window pane between like your inner self and reality. Yes, exactly. <clears throat> yeah, for me it feels like I'm sitting in a movie theater, you know, watching a movie, but it's what I'm doing. I just have like it's your hazy, life. yeah. I just have like this hazy vignette around my vision. It's not necessarily blurry, but it's just out of focus. Exactly. Like body. Yeah. Yeah, like it's it's like yeah. I I know exactly what you. Anybody that's listening to this is probably going to be like, "What are these freaks talking about?" <laughs> <laughs> but like, I know exactly what you're saying. This is like it's crazy because even when we're at work and stuff like that, like I experience it constantly. And back to what she said about, you know, it was like six months for you. Like it's, it's been an ongoing thing for me as well for getting close to a year. And it's like, I've had it before. Like I had different episodes of it, but it hasn't lasted this long. And honestly, like, like I do kind of agree that it is somewhat of a, like a mental thing because I feel like the more that I got fixated on it, the more that I let it control me r rather than the other way around. Oh, absolutely. Cause like there's, yeah. Like there's, there's times where I feel like I can, you know, like kind of like take a step back and kind of like welcome it. And, and then it doesn't happen as intensely and then it just kind of goes away or I just kind of stop thinking about it. But the, the less and less that I stay fix fixated on it, it's like, I'm good. But then once I start thinking about it or whatever, like I can almost talk myself into it, but I can also now talk myself out of it. I was just going to say, like, I, I had to learn how to do that. Like I had to learn when it was really bad, like in like the depths of it, um, when I was like housebound and stuff, um, I like I could I wanted to read about it so bad because my anxiety was like, what's going on with me at the time? I didn't have health insurance, so I couldn't see a professional. And I'm like. I don't know what to do with myself. I'm actually going crazy. And it took me like distracting my mind away from what was actually happening. And I, I just got myself out of it somehow. And it, I do come back in, in and out of it. I don't think it's ever going to completely go away. But I, I agree that like you learn a way to phase in and out of it and you can definitely talk yourself out of it. I hate to use this word, but like trigger yourself into it or something, you know? <laughs> And see, used to, for me, it was just panic attacks. And then I don't really know what happened. It just, like, develops into this, like, it's, 
I like to compare it to like I'm not religious, but like you know, somewhat spiritual. Like I believe in you know energy and the universe and all that jazz. That's a totally separate conversation. Right. But like, <laughs> like, like I almost describe it as you know like what you know dark energy or like whatever. Uh, you know, like that. That's one of the things that triggers me when I'm around certain people, and I I just pick up these like really awful vibes off of them. I just get like really uncomfortable and it, it starts to kind of like trigger that feeling almost. And it, like, I don't want to say it's, you know, demons obviously, cause that's stupid, but, <clears throat> but, but it's just like their, their energy just kind of like, 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 I don't know. It's almost like we're so in, in tune with our minds because we spend so much time in our minds that we pick up on like things like that a lot better than you know like normal people who like don't experience stuff like this so it's like they they could be like you know a good person on the outside but then you just get this weird vibe from them and like that that's why like when i'm at work and stuff depending on the client like i literally will sit there and tattoo them for however long and not say a single word to them until we're done or there's someone rarely that i can just be tattooing and we could have a full-on conversation. I'm just—I just happen to be attracted to your energy. Like, if your energy is good, then we can have a conversation. But I feel you on that. I'm in the same boat. Yeah, I think people with anxiety are just hypersensitive slash hyper aware, and that hyper, yeah. hyper fixation could be anywhere. Like, yours could be on the energies from other people. With me, I don't sympathize with that so much. I mine's more like because mine's like a health thing like I'm, I'm a hypochondriac i'm hyper aware of everything that goes on in my body and every little change yeah i'm i'm right there with you like it's 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 a blessing and a curse because you know like i guess it's from like past experiences as well i feel like you know people like us have gone through some shit and uh you know a lot of people i don't I don't want to say like privileged or whatever, but they kind of are because they, you know, they don't have to experience like they go their whole life and their whole everything is just handed to them on a silver platter. And then like, like all hell breaks loose because their fucking family dog died. And it's like, that's okay. Like you're, you're depressed because of that. Like, come on, give me a break. I also feel that being depressed is kind of like a, it's thrown around a lot for sure yeah nowadays it's both both of them depression anxiety all that stuff is just getting thrown around like it's nothing and it undermines like the people that are actually going through it to where people that that's when you know normal people back to what you said about them saying like oh it's just in your head like you can get over it it's like eh, it's not that easy like <laughs> if you really if you really have it like you you know that it's not it's not that simple oh yeah it's never that simple do you uh talk about your anxiety in your music at all? Uh yes. Uh not all the time just because I don't know, I'm I'm weird when it comes to music like I I don't even like music when people talk about one subject for too yeah. long or too many times. It's like that's why I can't stand uh Logic the rapper anymore because literally all he talks about is that he's biracial and like almost every song and uh not i don't i don't know how it is now because i stopped listening to him but that's been like the ongoing joke and that's just one example so like like anything that kind of 
makes me feel a certain way, I try to not do that in my music. You know what I'm saying? I don't want people to feel like, oh, I'm talking about my anxiety too much or something like that. Right. You got to hit all the markets. Exactly. Exactly. So like, I like to do songs that kind of hit on every emotion. Uh, like I've got songs that can make you happy. I got songs that can make you think I got songs that can make you angry. Uh, I just, you know, whether it be like real life experiences that I've gone through or exaggerations or I, I like to compare it to like a, like a screenplay writer, essentially someone who like writes screenplays for uh, like horror movies. I kind of, you know, horror movies have been a big influence, but as far as anxiety goes, like, yeah, like I've, I, I throw it in there every once in a while. And then I have some songs that's like, like all about it and stuff. So those are the ones that people tend to like relate to the most. And now it's time for a short break. And welcome back to another Anxiety Corner, where we talk about weird social anxiety things on the Ask Reddit community. Reddit user DefMech says, I used to be so anxious before phone calls that I would have to write a script so I wouldn't go blank when the other person answered. My heart rate would go up through the roof and I couldn't think clearly. I needed, needed to call my babysitter about something and her dad answered. I didn't account for that in the script, so I just kept talking to him uh, as if it were her until he figured it out to put her on instead. I knew it was him, but as soon as I heard his voice, I was stuck and couldn't deviate from the script. I can relate to this a lot because I really hate phone calls. I really hate calling people. Yeah, I hate FaceTiming more than anything. Oh, yeah, I don't use the FaceTime. Yeah, I don't <laughs> the use the FaceTime a lot. <laughs> I, I, I don't go to the Walmart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh FaceTime is great and all, but like with random people that you barely know, it's it's they're not necessarily random people. It can be really stressful for sure. Uh I remember I had a Skype interview a couple years ago and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say. I hope she doesn't ask me some like crazy shit. So I you know, it it went all right, but I clearly didn't didn't get where I where I needed to be <laughs> during yeah. the interview. So apparently I wasn't good enough. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm also just not a fan of talking on the phone because uh, I start to overthink what I'm going to say, what my response is going to be instead of it, you know, just coming naturally or whatever. Uh, like when somebody's talking to me or even if I kind of start rambling, even right now, you know, I kind of start stumbling over my words and sometimes I'll like mix words up and it's just like, fuck, <laughs> like, <laughs> like. This, I just don't even want to do this phone call at this point. Like, I'm I'm trying to like get my doctor's personal cell phone so I can just text him instead of, instead of calling his <laughs> office. <laughs> yeah, text your local doctor. <laughs> that should be a thing. There should be like an app for where you can just text your doctor. Hey, do you want to go ahead with the other one? Yeah, go go for it. <laughs> and that's why I started laughing earlier. This is from your Reddit user Back to Classics. Um. They say, when I started high school, I used to hide behind a vending machine during lunch because I didn't know anyone. A few days later, I noticed someone else hiding behind the vending machine right across from me. We became friends shortly after. <laughs> That's great. I just like picture two like teenage kids like 
<laughs> but I, I guess maybe not hiding behind them, like around the corner, but literally right behind them where they're fucking plugged up, squeezed behind the wall. <laughs> that's what I'm yeah. picturing in my head. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah, that's that's here? the first thing that came to my head too. But like, just like imagine, you know, like you you put yourself in that position. Like you just go to this like little secret place. <laughs> and then all of a sudden there's just some random ass person there and just like what are you doing here <laughs> trying to trying to explain that to each other it's just like okay like obviously we're best friends now right <laughs> it reminds me of the um there's a welcome to night vale episode where the uh school board uh votes to make <laughs> make getting snacks from the vending machines um hard to do like to make it more of a workout the hunger games is it an ice facility <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> it's a very dangerous game eating snacks the most dangerous vending machine and this one's kind of short but uh i think it's a good one to end off so this one comes from reddit user cheesy forever but the number four for the word for if that's not confusing for you yeah I was buying a Zelda-themed wallet at an FYE once. The cashier asked me if I wanted a bag for it. I just stammered and said, no thanks, I'll just equip it now. Equipped. I think people should use the word equip more often. It reminds me of uh, the the cool whip. Oh. <laughs> cool whip. Cool whip. Yeah. You do kind of No, but I could just... Equipped. 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 Uh, but I can just see like someone saying something is equipped. So like you go to the gas station and you buy a pack of cigarettes, right? As soon as you put them in your pocket, it says cigarettes equipped. That's terrifying. Oh gosh. Yeah, that technology is like super scary. That's one thing that gives me anxieties. I feel like it's calls from me being attached to my damn phone too much. Oh, same. For sure. If I didn't have like WebMD and all this shit telling me I was going to die on the internet, that yeah. would be a little bit better. But here yeah. we are. Oh, yeah. yeah, I spent too much time Googling stuff that I probably should not know because I am not a doctor and I should not, you know, but at the same time, it, it you know, it kind of helps in a sense because then it's like, okay, maybe I should go to the doctor and then you find out that you're actually... It prepares you for the worst. Yeah, it prepares you for the absolute worst. And then you go to the doctor and they're like, dude, like you're literally healthy, completely healthy, nothing wrong with you. And I'm like, no, no, you're going to find something today. No. <laughs> like, I swear <laughs> to God. Yeah. I had a physical on Monday just because like, I haven't had one in a while. And I we were laying in bed that night and I was like, Michael, do you think if I had an abdominal aortic aneurysm that she would have noticed? <laughs> Ironically, <laughs> say that, she's a doctor. I was I was supposed to have a physical yesterday, but I missed it because I thought that it was tomorrow. And then now I'm supposed to be there tomorrow at like 9 a.m. And I live at like an hour from my doctor's office. So like, I don't think that's going to happen. I'm probably going to miss it. <laughs> Big oof. Yeah, I hate going to the doctor. It's, it's such a pain. And not, not even because, like, if you go to the doctor, they're going to tell you if something's wrong. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen if they tell me something's wrong. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I didn't, I'm not prepared for it, like, mentally, but having the internet prepares you yeah. for it, but not in yeah. reality. It's like you get there, and then it's just <laughs> like, like, in the back of your head, you're 
thinking absolutely everything's wrong with you and then but you're hoping that nothing's wrong with you and then come to find nothing is wrong with you and you're just like hold on a second like no i coughed earlier in here so i demand you tell me i have cancer (laughs) my lungs are collapsing you need to look right now yeah (laughs) yeah i've been hitting my vape pen the entire way here i'm pretty sure i have popcorn lungs you need to diagnose me real quick as accurate as it can get but then it it doesn't matter like at least like for me because the past few times that i've gone aside from you know like mental stuff as far as everything else goes like my heart is healthy as an ox which is great to know because that's one of my biggest things that stems from my dad passing away he had a heart murmur long story short he wasn't supposed to live past the age of 12 and then he wasn't supposed to live past the age of 21 then he lived to be 42 so he like doubled his lifespan but uh him having that heart condition always like worried me and my doctor's the same doctor who saw my dad uh up until you know he had passed away so it's like he knew my dad's condition so he knows what to look for in me and so it's like okay that's comforting to know that you think that my heart is very strong so like that makes me happy yeah having a very strong heart is is always great a plus (laughs) for the heart yeah (laughs) can't can't have a weak heart for sure so that i think wraps it up for this episode what you got going on? You have anything you wanna you wanna pump out? What? <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> what, what are you pumping? Tyler? Well, I mean that that that's gonna be after the episode's done, and I have you know the internet to oh, myself right. for the night. But <laughs> but <Right>. uh, <laughs> no, nah, it's cool. I joke about yeah. porn all the Everybody time. Everybody watches porn. Everybody. <laughs> but, uh, watches porn. I don't, I don't care, care who you who are. You are. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. Jinx. Jer- Jer- Stop. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. God, you guys are like the shining right now. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, I mean, nothing really like got shows coming up, uh, music videos, all that good stuff. Yeah, a bunch of cool stuff. I just got into video editing, so I'm like editing my own music videos now. Heck yeah, they looking slick, man. Thank you. Yeah, I just finished up this other commission that's like, the best one I've done yet, and I'm super jealous of it. I wish I would have done it for mine, but whatever. <laughs> Only get better from here. Um, <laughs> yeah. Probably not. I haven't even released yeah, this probably one. Probably not. You showed me some. I showed you a few. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't think it was. Uh, it might have been Kappa. But it wasn't from Tyler. Maybe I. I did. I did a little bit on Kappa. Um, my boy Blanco did pretty much everything on that. The only thing I did was I just like tested it out to see if I could do the whole like like uh masking and get to where like I could put you know some sort of 3D animation like the skull right. that was back there I just wanted to see if I could even do it and if I could if it actually looked cool and I ended up just like keeping it and was like okay Hell rad yeah. I'm going to I'm going to do that <laughs> so yeah I just added like the little things on that that video but uh but everything else was uh from Blanco pages nice, he did man. Uh, ninety percent of the work. Well, you were in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah, I was there. You know, I I, should, I made an appearance for it. We appreciate you coming on and talking about your business. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and um, happy to have you on again sometime. Uh, absolutely, I'm I'm down anytime, and it's it's also cool because like getting to know you on a more personal level. I know we've like you know 
talked and joked around at work and stuff like that, but we've never really been able to go like in depth with what we experienced. So it's cool knowing that I've got somebody to work with that knows like yeah, what I'm going through. Backup. Thanks, man. Thanks for spending some time with us and getting to know us as a little better. Uh <laughs> I know we've never met, but it was nice to meet you vocally. Nice to meet you. <laughs> cyberly i guess cyberly there we go yeah yeah uh thanks for having me it's uh it's been a blast hey if you listen to this show go check out our itunes and give us a good review it would mean the world to us the more reviews we have the better chances people will discover our podcast and subsequently talk about their bowel movements we don't do advertising for this show anything that we do is by word of mouth so make sure you tell your friends your family your dogs even, and maybe your cats. I don't know. I hear they can be very temperamental. Thanks for listening to an episode of Anxious Humor. This episode was produced by Michael Harkins. The voices of Anxious Humor are Michael and Rihanna Harkins. You can subscribe to our mailing list and find more information on the podcast at www.anxioushumor.com. If you'd like to talk with us about your darkest fears and anxieties, or even just chat with us about how you cope, give us a call at 864 719 2205.